You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. Beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You goddamn right, I do. One chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore. You are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Courageous. Black alert. It's called Pirate We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, uh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzberg. I'm totally gonna use that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of App Diner, the flagship podcast of the GGR Pirate Radio Network. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am your host. I am also the editor-in-chief of our website. It is greatgeekrefuge.com. There's lots of wonderful articles, fantastic podcasts, all sorts of cool things that you can listen or read however you choose to digest your media. In fact, we just had a massive upload of five new episodes of our buddy Ulysses E. Campbell's podcast. It's the Fantastic Forum podcast. You can check those out. What he does is these are all uh, live radio episodes that he did for a local radio station here in uh, Arlington, Virginia called WERA. Uh, and what he does is we've been taking the recordings that they do of the show and turning them into podcasts. So you can check those out. Uh, we're now into 2021. So he's slowly but surely catching up. And hopefully we'll get to a point where he's actually broadcasting the ones that are uh, we're putting up as podcasts the ones that he had just done like the week prior so it's uh topical those sorts of things we've also got another great podcast out there as well it's the overflow with mc brooks uh he just talked about his adventures at blurred con uh which was just a was it last no not last week it was the week before two, weeks, two ago. weeks ago two weeks ago you can hear about all of his adventures and hijinks and escapades at blurred con um and actually he's the co-host of at the diner his name is mc brooks yeah. Um, sorry for one. Sorry for being late, <laughs> but eating <laughs> Indian food and trying to expect to do anything else after is a very dangerous game. As I've <laughs> it is a rule of the dice. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Had a great nap, though. I'll say that I will. I'll excuse it. I'll excuse it. I think it's I think it's a fair reason to, to not be on time. We've also got the second co-host of our podcast. You know him. You love him. He is easily one of the most knowledgeable people I know when it comes to comic books, when it comes to movies, when it comes to art of its many different forms. His name is James Rambo. Don't forget, you're under no obligation to continue to consume a thing you don't enjoy. Yes. Please don't hate watch. Don't hate watch stuff. There's so it's many a, good things. It's annoying as shit. 
Don't do it. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Yes. You're only so, yourself. So yeah, right? Speaking of Hate Watch, I want to talk about Avengers uh, Age of Ultron because I feel like there are so many people that love shitting on this movie and talking about how they don't like it and how it's not good and how it wasn't as good as the first one and it's not as good as this one and it's not as good as that one. We described Loki last week as a movie, or not a movie, as a series that had to do a lot of heavy lifting because it had to set a lot of shit up. In retrospect, Age of Ultron had to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at what we've seen from the most recent stuff, from WandaVision, from Loki, from um, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like from um, Black Widow, these all had something to do in some way, shape, or form with something that happened in Ultron. And like, I went back and watched this just, just within like the last week or two, and I didn't have any problems with it. Like, I can't see where the gripe was with it. It was long. I felt like it was a, a very long movie and there was a lot going on, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, I thought it was a fun I thought it was a fun movie and it really crystallized some of those characters too, especially the way that Tony Stark and Bruce Banner are both heroes but often end up at at odds with their other hero counterparts because of the things that they're trying to do. And honestly, it makes for a better movie in my opinion. Um, I think that Age of Ultron, again, it's it's not the first Avengers because it's it's not a, a massive invasion from some other planet. It's a problem that we created. You know, the good guys created this. But, like, again, I thought it was a solid flick. Uh, I think the only thing that I had a gripe with, and not even a gripe, I just, I feel like the death of Quicksilver was kind of like, why did we have to do that? Like, other than to see Scarlet Witch get really, really upset. Okay. But, like... I just felt like that would have been a really, really cool character to explore a little bit, especially because we saw him do some really awesome things in X-Men. Um, and oftentimes was kind of like a, a fun bit of comic relief in that series. Um, but also like to really add some nuance to some of the superpowers that, that we've seen so far. But um, across the board, I thought Ultron was a really good villain. I thought he was scary. I thought James Spader does a great job because he's known to be kind of a dick anyways. He plays them often. But like he, the, that was the perfect voice and acting job for a robot that doesn't give a shit about anything except for his own like goals of erasing humanity. And I was like, wow, that yeah, it's. I don't think you could have found somebody to do that voice better than he did. And yeah, that those are those are my talking points on this. I want to pass this off to you guys for sure, uh, and we'll go into it a little bit. But Rambo, what about you, man? What are your thoughts on uh, on Ultron? Um, I think there's one big issue with the movie, but overall I really enjoy it. I think this movie gets a lot of shit it doesn't deserve. Um, and I, my, my pet theory for that is that it's a downer. Like, it's very heavy and very, um, very intimate and, uh, makes people uncomfortable. Um, and so, which is, which is not dissimilar from Iron Man 2 in that they're you know they're movies that kind of come off of uh previous iterations that were much kind of brighter and a little happier a little more upbeat um and this is about reckoning with your mistakes and um having to do with the consequences of your actions um and i think overall people have a tendency to shit on it 
the thing that I do think is a big problem and that I do think uh, is very worthy of being discussed um, is the whole, like, uh, the Black Widow, I'm a monster thing because she yeah. can't have kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, and oh, I, it's originally shit, I didn't even think this. about that. When I first watched the movie, I was originally on the other, other end of this. And to some degree, I I, I, I don't 100% agree with people um, about their stance on it. Um, but there is definitely some... Because... Here, essentially, if this were handled by a more nuanced director and someone for whom um, female empowerment and, like, girl power stuff wasn't so ham-fisted, uh, I yeah. think it would have been a lot better. Now, now some of what we know now. Sure. And, yeah, and we can use that lens to kind of look back on this, but yeah, no, 100%. And this is not just a matter of, like, you know... Um, you can, uh, uh, this isn't just a matter of, 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 uh, 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 retrospect being the issue or, or hindsight being 2020, um, in the moment when that movie was released, that was the number one problem. I remember talking to a lot of people and a lot of those people were women, um, who were like, that shit stood out like a sore thumb to me. Like they don't like the romance. Uh, the, 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 uh, the whole Bruce, uh, Natasha thing just didn't work for them. And then when you add on top of that, the whole like, oh no, you know, you can never love me. I mean, she literally calls herself a monster and it's like, whoa, <laughs> that is, that is some real internalizing of abuse on your part. Um, cause like, Hey, there's other ways to have kids and families and such. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and not to dismiss that, but aside from that, I think that it's a pretty successful movie. Um, I think that the performances are all really good. Like all, all the sort of standard MCU things are there. Like it looks great. It's well acted. Uh, it introduces a lot of cool shit. Um, like this is the first appearance of Vibranium. Well, not, no, no, not a first appearance of Vibranium. It's referenced in, in Captain America. Um, but this is the first appearance of Ulysses Claw. This is the first time yeah. I think Wakanda's properly mentioned. You mentioned, this, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this was all very intentional. This was all set up for Black Panther that was supposed to come much sooner than it did. Um, and, you know, there's, like I said, I, I think a, a big part of the criticism, aside from what we just discussed, is the fact that this is a movie that is just like, you know, we, we're coming off the, the the creation of the team and everybody feeling good, and and you know we we fought back this huge threat, and even in in the way the movie's structured, we start with a party, and I mean like immediately after you know seeing the team put together and they've been trained together and they got their shit together and everything, and there's this big party, and then Ultron shows up and is like, why are you celebrating? <laughs> you assholes. <laughs> um, Y'all are y'all are causing a lot of problems. Like I just looked at the internet for ten seconds, and I am ready to murder yep. you, motherfuckers. I've uh, been on the internet for five minutes, and the entire <laughs> human race needs to go. Specifically, you guys. Yep. <laughs> Tony, I looked at your history. Okay, but yeah, like, yeah, 
these are all valid points, man, because these are things that I didn't really think about. And like, I'm trying to think back now because like I didn't even really think much about it. But like when she says to Bruce, like, you know, who could love me? I'm a monster. Does he say anything to her? Like to like be like, no, that's not true. Like, why I would you say that? The repeat or the, the, the responding line, but he definitely tries to argue her out of that. Yeah. Um, and because that's that's essentially his take as well. He's like, no, I'm the actual monster here. Like I, right. I turn into yeah. a victory rage monster and break shit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I think that I think people have a tendency to hyper focus on a couple of the things they don't like. And I, again, I'm not trying to diminish those things. Um, but like, there's there's a fucking Hulkbuster Iron Man uh, Hulk fight. Which is awesome. Uh, which is awesome. <laughs> it's yes. awesome. Like that shit was great. There's, you know, you get the the, the really wonderful tragedy of like flashing back to, to like when Steve gets hypnotized, um, <clears throat> like being alone in the dance hall. Like that shit is rough, man. But it, there's a lot of good drama to, to mine. Um, the whole thing with with you know this is this is where we start to you know further explore Tony's PTSD and. Um, you know, his, his, his responsibility for everything or his sense of responsibility for everything. Um, I, I loved, and it was one of those things that I have, I've liked this character for a long time. And it was a detail that had never even occurred to me until I, until I saw it. I love Quicksilver's Euro trash accent. I love his like, just very like 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 potty boy kind of like fucking vague you know Sokovia being just Eastern Bloc uh, Europe. Um, I I really enjoyed his performance. I, I was you know bummed to see what happened uh, uh, with that character. I understand it though because it was supposed to be about setting up stakes. Um, but yeah, um, I think there's also like there's a lot of weird shit that goes on with Thor that was clearly supposed to be much longer than it is in the movie. Yeah. Um, where Thor just kind of like disappears for a while, and then you get some like some some quick scenes with him, and then he comes back and he's like, "Bad ah, Infinity Stones." Um, so you know that wasn't great. Um, but yeah, no, this movie does a lot to set up the MCU overall, and I think uh, some degree of respect is important uh, for that alone. Yeah. But yeah, like you, you make a really, really good point, man. Because like now that I, now that we know all of the shit that we know about Joss Whedon, it's like, man, does that change the way that this, that scene with her looks like, I, I see that's the other thing too, is like, there's, there's part of me that wants to defend it because like, if that's the character, if that's how they feel, it's not unrealistic to think that somebody might feel that way. Yeah. Because of because of that. And like, yeah. But again, like you said, ham fisted, you know, <laughs> just like shit, dude, like handle it a little bit better. And like there, there's certain things that like, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it just it makes sense <clears throat> in, a, in a comic book context where it's just like you watch this. And yes, it's it's it, super engaging super interesting there's a lot going on but then at the same time too you know that this is setting up more cool shit yeah I, and I that's think, yeah that's why i don't I have gonna, a problem i was gonna say i think that the probably the comparison point is uh similar to a movie we discussed earlier which was i think iron man 2 
which a lot of the pe- the flaws people, a lot of the issues people have with that movie is that it was primarily focused on setting up stuff and telling a single cohesive story. And I think with Age of Ultron, that's for for a lot of people, that's one of the big things <clears throat> that I've seen come up. Um, I mean, like I'm I'm in agreement. Like I, I don't think this movie deserves the the trash people talk about it. Because uh, I, I remember even when, when it came out, and I wasn't even as, uh, I wasn't like keeping up with the MCU as much as I do now when this movie came out. But I remember, I very distinctly remember people trashing it as like the single worst superhero movie to ever exist and be made, which, you know, sounded very, very over the top. And, you know, as I've seen this movie multiple times since then, like, it's very obvious that, you know, like it's, it's. It's not that it's not a bad movie, you know. Like I agree with Rambo's take that Marvel doesn't have a bad movie. Some are better than others, but it's not a bad movie. And like I, I think <clears throat> with this, with, with I agree with the Black Widow stuff. I mean, honestly, the whole Black Widow Hulk like romance thing was like really off-putting to me. It's it's, it's probably the one thing about this movie that I just I completely don't care about. And if, if it if it was not there at all. It would make it a little bit better for me. Yeah. I just, I, I just, I, I don't really care. It seemed really random. Um, for, yeah. For one. It, it, I, I just, I could, I couldn't understand. Like, I, I could understand if there was like some something set up like prior in a prior film in the pre, prior Avengers film something, but it just seemed just out of nowhere. It's just like, oh hey, Natasha really, really likes Bruce, and it just. Out of nowhere. Especially, too, because if you think about it, um, Winter Soldier came before this, and there was something going on between Natasha and Steve, I thought. Like, not a, like a, a like a romance, but, like, we didn't, yeah, like you said, there was no build-up to that. Yeah, it just, it, it, it seemed purely random. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, you know, our, our good old buddy Ike, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, had his fingerprints all over this movie too. I mean, it's it's a big reason that like, honestly, like th- this movie originally was well over three hours long, but you know they mandated that you needed to cut it down to two hours. So a lot of stuff that may have given additional context or like uh, may have completed certain stories uh, was kind of cut out. And you know, Joss and the studio were going back and forth about. Like uh, Marvel did not want the like the Hawkeye family stuff in there at all, and uh, so weird. Why? Yeah, they they didn't they they didn't want any of any of that stuff. But and and Joss apparently did not want any of this any of this stuff with Thor, like Thor in a cave, um, in this movie. And so like they they basically mandated like, hey, if if you try to cut this stuff with Thor out the movie, then like. All that Hawkeye shit is out the window. Well, I mean, I, I imagine Marvel didn't want the the family stuff with with Hawkeye because it's such a significant break from the the, the character depiction in yeah, the comics. Yeah, I remember you saying that recently too. Yeah, which like I'm I'm really curious how they're gonna try and reconcile what is like that show is clearly being based to some to some large degree on the Matt Fraction David Aja uh, Hawkeye run. Mm-hmm. And that is a completely different character from the version we got in the MCU. Even up to the point where, like, like before Age of Ultron, when we just see him 
running around shooting arrows and shit. Like, the way Fraction writes him, he's kind of just a schlubby guy who, you know, happens to have a handful of really important, really significant skills uh, and can be very useful. Uh, so to, to have it go, like, the most common... Uh, uh, like, like the, 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 it, it's not fair to say catchphrase because it's not one phrase, but like, if Hawkeye burns the coffee, the response is, "Oh, coffee," and you just get <laughs> that and versions of that, like you know, "Oh, pants," <laughs> and like throughout the book, um, and it's it's really funny and there's plenty of action in it uh, throughout, but it's 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 about a dude who has like a a millionaire salary because he's a fucking Avenger, but doesn't have a family, doesn't have a girlfriend, lives in a shitty little apartment. Um, and it's it's essentially the comic is like, well, what does Hawkeye do when he's not hanging around with the Avengers? When he's not fighting Thanos, what is he, how does he spend his time? Um, and the MCU says, oh, he goes back to his farmhouse with his wife and, and what, like two or three kids. And the comics are like, oh, um, he gets into arguments with the Russian gangsters that, that own his building and he hangs around with his neighbors and he finds a dog on the street and brings it home. And like, he's, he's, he's like, if, uh, uh, he's like, like, like a kind of a cart, like a genetic cartoon. Um, like he has that very sort of like slacker feel to him. Uh, so try, trying to see how they're going to reconcile the existing MCU version of that character with, uh, what seems to be the inspiration for this show is going to be very interesting to watch. Um, and yeah, that's, it's, it's a major departure. Um, but yeah, so I was, I was talking to uh, a while back, a couple months ago, um, or, you know, yesterday, a couple hours ago, maybe a year ago, who knows? Time has no meaning. <laughs> um, my friends Sid and Caitlin, and they were just like, they have, there are a bunch of holes in their, their sort of MCU watching. And they were watching Age of Ultron, and like they knew a fair amount about it, about it. Uh, but they, you know, they were sort of like live tweeting back and forth with me. And one of those like, all right, so you guys are getting to, you know, one of the more famous and one of the most disliked scenes in the movie, and that of course being the the Black Widow Hulk scene. And we were just talking about it back and forth. And Sid makes a good point. She's like, the sad thing is you could do an interesting thing with her mourning her lost chances because she didn't have a choice, but it doesn't make her a monster. And she's like, you know, I'm, I'm upset because she wants to get together with someone and this isn't an option for her anymore. Like that, that is good. That is interesting. Um, but the whole like, you know, I'm no longer human. Like, whoa, man, easy does it. <laughs> and and it, it's it's. And my response to it was, you could keep the romance and the awkward family perception and uh, family perception stuff and the rage of the Red Room, and you have it be about anger. And instead of it being like, I'm a monster, you have Bruce, someone who has been dealing with his anger issues for decades at this point, help her process her rage at the Red Room and what was done with her, done to her, um... And they work together. Like, that is interesting. That is something where it's like, how the fuck did we just break this story better than they did? Instead of it being like, oh, I can't have children 
therefore my purpose is shit it's exactly what we we're talking about in the cold open without giving uh, too many more details um the the very male perception of a woman who can't have children must yeah. think of herself as some sort of monster or she's no longer important like come on man it's 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 the space here 2021 um we, yeah come on uh, but yeah, it's, it's absolutely a whole, ridiculous. Yeah. I'm a monster thing. And also, welcome back to Mike and MC ruin Mike's feelings about a movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the fourth time that you've been like, yeah, I watched it. I really enjoyed it. I don't see any problems. And me and MC were like, here's a list. You're like, Fuck. <laughs> there's certain movies I'm never going to tell you guys that I like. <laughs> uh, no, it like I'm never. It never ruins it for me because I'm all up for a conversation. That that's that's the the meat and potatoes of this podcast is we talk about this shit and it honestly it works really well because it's just like I liked it. What about you guys? Eh, it was good except for this bullshit. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, those are good points. So like it it is good that it always starts with me because if it was like <laughs> if it was the other way around and it was like you guys talk first and then it was me being like, oh, um. I thought it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me look like the dickhead, so I appreciate it. Here's why it's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's why you're full of shit, Lunsford. I appreciate um, you guys. But no, you don't look like a dick. You, I mean, you look like somebody who's like, I wanted to watch Superhero Movie, and so I watched Superhero Movie, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, like, like that's, that's the thing, though, is, like, subtext doesn't go over my head. I, I mean, I get it a lot of times, but, like, it's it's also one of those things where a lot of times I'm not I'm not watching for it. Yeah. And that's fine. That is a perfectly valid way to to uh, to take in any of these these things, like be it games, movies, TV shows. You don't have to be somebody who, who's analyzing every little thing. I don't always do that shit. Sometimes it'll pop up, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's cool," but sometimes I'm just like, "No, I just I just want to take what, take what's coming to me." Yeah, it's. There, there's certain times that I get it, like with with Black Widow, I totally got it. Like I was like, oh, this is a feminist movie and it's fucking dope. I love it. Like every single piece of that was about like empowering women and how men control them and how getting out from underneath that control is vitally important. But also like, is the love that we have for family really, is it even real or is it just a construct? And like how important that is. And I was like, this is some deep shit. And I totally got that on first watch. But, like, things with, like, Ultron and her saying that she's a monster because she can't have kids, I didn't even fucking notice it. I was just like, I was like, oh, she thinks that? That sucks, man. I'm sorry she feels that way. Like, literally, I know it's so dumb, but, like, in my head, these are people. These are people having conversations. And people having conversations don't always have the deepest of conversations. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes people don't think about the ramifications of the shit that they say. That's the that's kind of the way that I look at it. In these moments, these conversations they're having that are not well thought out. Like, Natasha may actually legitimately feel that way. Now, is it ham-fisted as fuck that, that um, Joss Whedon, now knowing what we know about him, would do that? Oh, yeah, 100%. And like you said, in talking to your friends, you literally could have removed all of that dumb shit, and it could have been about rage and anger, and it would have been just as powerful. Not only that, it would have made more fucking sense. Yeah. And it's, it's kind yeah. of fitting. I was going to say, it, it, honestly, I just had to tell you, it's, it's kind of fitting that he would uh the joss would have something like that in the film considering how he's treated women who have gotten pregnant on other Dude, media he's no. worked at shit <laughs> yes indeed there it is he was telling on himself we just didn't yeah. know it yeah they they always do yeah 
Um, but I mean, like, but yeah, you can you can have it. I mean, shit, we watch Black Widow. There's that great moment in the fucking helicopter where uh, uh, where Lexi starts to talk about like having kids, and uh, Yelena is just just starts going into the like, oh, you didn't know that in the red room they gave us four hysterectomies, and that they just like pulled our uteruses out and. You know, and then they just kind of like reach up there and just like yank it out of you, and yeah, you can't you can't do the thing. So you're a better agent. He's like, oh god, please stop talking about that. Like, it is played as a joke in that moment because it's 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 designed to make him uncomfortable for yeah. his own ignorance um, and for his like just slavish devotion to the fucking communist state. Um, <clears throat> but it's also a great moment of like this is someone who has like she has had to make peace with this horrible invasion of her body uh, that was done to her um, to benefit a government and a bunch of men. And that's fucked up. And that's something she's had that, that you know, she's been seated with and has had to make peace with. Um, so it's not as though you can't tell that story, but when you do it, you need to be really fucking sensitive about it. You need to be very careful about how you're approaching that. And that feels like that that feels like a the, the what we get in the movie feels like a first pass at the dialogue that does not feel like something that's been written and rewritten and rewritten that feels like a like oh i bet because women are naturally homemakers and want to make babies that she would feel like an inhuman monster if that was taken away from her because it's not in in the moment it's not about someone did this thing to me it's because this thing was done to me, I can't be, I'm no longer a human being. And that perspective is the important one. That shift, if you took it off of, I no longer serve my purpose as a woman and made it, I can't do one of the things that a lot of people seem to think or like family should be able to do because I was invaded, like I was abused and I was tortured. Like that is an interesting uh, uh, area to explore. That is something that you can ha have, you know, a guy who who has to temper his emotions at all times, help her explore. Cause that's her dealing with the abuse she's gone through, not her being like, sorry, I couldn't be a good wife because I can't make babies anymore. Yeah, no, it, like you said, first pass, didn't really think it through. But again, to look at the subject matter or look at the, the creator of it. Yeah. And it's, I guess it's one of those things too, where like with such a big, big project, like it's entirely possible that they focused on so many other things that they just, and again, like I'm, it sounds like I'm excusing for, for this sack of shit. I'm not, but like. In the grand scheme of things, that one little piece of dialogue is probably like the least of their concerns. Oh sure, yeah. yeah. And especially <clears throat> like in retrospect, when was this? When did this movie come out? Twenty fourteen, I believe. Yeah. Okay. I believe so, it was I mean, twenty. Yeah, I believe it was twenty fourteen because Civil War was twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. That was the very next thing that they did right after this. IMDb has it as 2015, so it's okay. 2015, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, so at any at any rate, like it, it is entirely possible that they just didn't think about it, which ultimately shows why there needs to be 
a more prevalent presence of females in in the writing room, in yeah. direct in directing spaces, in all of these places. Yeah. Because yeah, like that's yeah, that's some, that's some tone deaf bullshit right there. And like, especially like, I hope that motherfucker never works again. <laughs> I hope Joss Whedon never gets a goddamn job. And the worst part about it is, is he will. Oh. Most shortly, yeah. He probably already. You know, takes some. He'll, you know, he'll he'll go away for like a time for you know period of time, kind of let everything die down, and then it's going to be a gradual thing. You know, he'll he'll be a consultant for something, and then inevitably it'll lead to a larger role, and then he'll be back to writing and directing. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, well, shit. We're, we're we're talking about this like like in the abstract. That show, The Nevers, on HBO Max. That's all him. Yeah, that's a show he created. They just, would they just take his name off of it or something? Oh, I don't think. I mean, they might have like removed it from some of the uh, uh, the promotion stuff, but yeah, he. I mean, he still listed as creator. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he wrote one episode, created the show overall. So I think he's a producer. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Executive producer on all twelve episodes. He was an executive producer on Agents of Shield up through twenty twenty. Yeah. That was that was also another another point of contention. Marvel being upset at him for uh, or some part of Marvel being upset with him for splitting duties between um, Agents of Shield and this movie. Mm. And, okay. and, and and even uh, there's even a thing. I, I think it was is an article in Collider where um, he revealed that Kevin Feige told him straight up like, hey, like you can do with what you want. But just know, like we're 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 one thousand percent like getting rid of Shield. Yeah, like you need to you need to know where to put your focus. Yeah. Like I would do this thing. Okay, that's not important to us, but okay. And yeah, like yeah, he he <clears throat> fuck. He directed three episodes of the Nevers. Like I think the first three episodes of it. Um, yeah, dude, still he's still gonna work. I mean, Louis C.K. was doing sets within like six months to a year. Of everything happened with him. Yeah. So doing him now. He's, 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 back, he's back on tour now. Of course he is. Yeah. Cancel culture doesn't exist. Like, you know, uh, there's 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 no proper consequences for these fucking assholes. So that's fun. Um, yeah. Let me ask yeah, you a no. question though, Rambo. Um, yeah, sure. Tell me more about Ultron. Like, um, you 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 read my mind, Mike, because that, that was going to be my <laughs> next thing. <laughs> you're you're welcome. Um, like, because so, he's, he's, he's like a one-off in this movie because we're never going to see him again unless he's like, oh, I hid myself in the internet or some shit. Like, I was in a 4chan uh, thread the whole goddamn time. <laughs> like, um, is he is he really – do we need to worry about him popping up again, one? But two, like, is he even worth popping up again or is he a one-off villain? Uh, Ultron is a um, – it's funny that you said he hid himself in the internet because that is – basically what he does because Ultron is entirely digital and like in terms of like being artificial intelligence um, Ultron just every time he dies he just comes back stronger he, he he assesses what happened why he was defeated and he's like all right yeah Th think of him as a a less efficient member of the Borg like he can't process you know how he's defeated at you know uh, uh, you know in the matter of like picoseconds so it takes him more time to rebuild, but he is constantly coming back. 
constantly doing big crazy shit uh, uh, to improve himself. So, of the various villains um, that we've gotten for the Avengers so far, um, or just the MCU uh, overall, like he, I think, is one of the more likely versions, uh, or like more likely villains to come back. Um, and the, the question really becomes like, is there a particular story worth telling with him? Because Ultron was created back in like the seventies, I want to say. Um, he was built around the same time as the uh, the now infamous uh, uh, slap of uh, of um, of the Wasp by um, by Yellowjacket, um, and it was yeah, it was it was a time when like. Hank Pym thought he had his shit together, but really he was having like a mental breakdown. And so he created what he thought was going to be this very useful robot to like act as a peacekeeper and instead created a fucking monster. Um, and yeah, like the, you know, Ultron creating vision and all that stuff. The, the big difference between the movie and the comic is vision was created specifically to infiltrate the Avengers and destroy them from within. Um, and uh, I can't remember specifics because I feel like I'm going to mix up the, the Silver Surfer origin with Vision. Um, but essentially, it's like, you know, because he's an artificial intelligence, he learns. He's like, oh, no, my dad's an asshole. And <laughs> like, you guys are actually doing good shit. So, yeah, I'm going to hang around with you guys. Um, but, yeah, Ultron is is the greatest failure. of. I mean, and, and, they, and I think they name drop him in the movie. Uh, that they reference like Ultron was a a uh, a project of Hank Pym's that he could like never get off the ground. Um, I honestly can't remember if it if that is actually said in the, in the MCU or not. Um, but that's definitely the deal in the comics. Is Hank Pym developed the Ultron project? He builds it, and it becomes this like horrible monster uh, that like is one of the many reasons that people go Hank Pym, fuck that guy. <laughs> like and that's also why you get so many of the, the like changes of the character from like he's ant-man now he's giant man now he's yellow jacket now he's uh, uh um uh oh fuck goliath and you know all these different versions he's like oh, i'm gonna be over here doing this thing yeah now from like uh, one of the other things I, I did read i remember reading for this is that they um they didn't want to introduce hank pym in this movie Simply because Ant-Man was literally about to come out right after, and I know we're gonna talk about that next. But do you think it would like? Do you think there was a way they could have told this movie by keep by like having Hank Pym actually show up? I think they could. I think that it becomes um, Hank Pym is a character that has a lot of weight on him. Uh, there's a lot of baggage with that character because uh, of some not great choices that were made back in the 70s. Um, do you guys know what I'm talking about when I say the, the slap? Between you know, him? Yeah, he slapped yeah. Uh, her, his wife. Like, he beat his wife. Yeah. And it, it basically, like, got him kicked out of the Avengers because they were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yes. So, the way that came about, um, Marvel Comics... Uh, for the long, longest time, if anybody who's ever picked up a copy of How to Draw Comics the Mar or How to Make Comics the Marvel Way or Draw Comics the Marvel Way, knows that the Marvel method is a particular method of making comics. Essentially, the way it works is 
the writer talks to the artist, gives them a plot. Sometimes there, there are apocryphal stories about Stanley giving Jack Kirby plots that consisted of like a single line, like I want the Fantastic Four to fight God. And that, and supposedly that is how Kirby came up with Galactus and the Silver Surfer and all that shit. Um, but it's, it's a plot. The artist then draws the entire comic based on that plot. The writer then goes back and uh, adds all the dialogue in, right? That is certainly a way to make comics. More commonly now is the full script method where the writer will write out the entire script, plot and dialogue, um, oftentimes being as specific as like saying, this page has this many panels in panel one, this is what's happening. This is the dialogue. This is the sound effect in panel two, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, one of the things that would happen sometimes is writer and artist would sometimes try to one up each other. That is also how we get the death of Jean Grey in the Dark Phoenix storyline, because Chris Claremont and John Byrne were having this pissing contest and trying to, like, outdo the other person, which leads to a very unfortunate phone call with Chris Claremont uh, and him having a crying, screaming fit um, because they have to kill off Jean Grey because she commits genocide. Anyway, um, what was supposed to happen in that uh, that issue, I think it was an issue of the Avengers, is Hank has been having a nervous breakdown. He's been having one for a while now, and it's starting to really come to a head, and he's in his workshop, and he's doing shit, and uh, uh, Janet's like, hey man, you're freaking out, it's freaking me out, we need to talk, da, da, da. and what was supposed to happen is he was supposed to push her away. And the way it was drawn... It was, it, you know, her hand, his hand is kind of coming back and she's getting knocked backward. And I want to say it was Roger Stern or Roy. I, I can't fucking remember who the writer was, but they wrote a caption, I think, that made it seem like a slap. And editorial was fine with it and they just went with it. And you end up going from guy who's having a mental breakdown who put who literally like pushes his spouse away to husband backhands his wife and that is a very significant difference yeah and so that starts the ball rolling on this story where by the end of it janet becomes the leader of the avengers her and Hank get divorced. He is kicked off the team. Like it is a complete and total like breakdown for him. And 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 there is thorough comeuppance um, uh, with that character. Now, in the intervening years, um, there have you know it's been like documented that Hank I think is bipolar. Uh, at the very least, Hank has some serious mental health problems. And there's a quick reference to that in Ant-Man, actually, where you see him, like, I think when he's at, um, uh, uh, the, like, Pym Industries or whatever the company is, um, he's, like, emptying his pockets at the, uh, the metal detector, and he has a bottle, uh, like a little prescription bottle with him. Um, and so it's a little nod to, like, Hank is on antidepressants, basically. Um, 
I'm not going to sit here and try and make light of domestic abuse and domestic violence. I'm not going to do that in the slightest. But there is a difference between an, a singular instance of someone who is having a mental breakdown and repeated behavior over multiple instances throughout a relationship. And feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, everybody who's listening, but to the best of my knowledge, the 616 proper Hank Pym was not someone who was a consistent domestic abuser. He was somebody who was not in his proper mental faculties, who had a single instance of something, and because of that, gained the label of wife beater, and it has followed that character ever since. And that is very difficult, and that is very troubling for a lot of reasons. Um, I, a friend of mine was set, dead set against watching Ant-Man specifically because Hank Pym was in it. So hmm. there's a lot of weight that carries that character, that follows that character, a lot of luggage, uh, a lot of emotional baggage. Um, and Ultron is, is one of those things. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I kind of go off. I kind of lost my point here. Um, but ultimately, it's it's. I think that you could def. Oh no, that's what it was. We, you know, could 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 we have included Hank Pym in the Age of Ultron movie? I think that a way to do it would be, and again, I, I honestly can't remember if they name drop him or not. Um, but would be to have like you know newsreel footage or something of him. Like you know, uh, uh, of him like pitching his project to, like the UN or or whoever else, um, and it getting shot down, or like him not being able to crack the the um, the AI, like no, in in, in sort of like uh, an Iron Man two Howard Stark kind of way of like the technology is not here yet, but it will be here in like twenty to thirty years, and I know that once it is, here are are like the guidelines we need to follow in order to develop that. Um, I think that could have been really interesting, but I think the problem with doing that is Hank in Ant-Man is already such a weighted character, um, and a character with so much baggage that to add on to that, oh yeah, by the way, he's also the proper impetus or, or the, the origin point for the character that becomes Ultron. Uh, it, it just adds a lot of extra uh, drama that isn't necessarily the best idea. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, like... I don't know. I feel like there's so many yeah. people, though, that are watching these movies that, that like, are not as well-versed in the comics. And, like... Sure. Because, honestly, like, I I mean, I, I don't know if I remember or not that, that this happened. And, like, it's... Like you said, it's kind of a one-off. Like you said, like it, it didn't seem like it was a thing that it happened all the time. It was a one-time thing. Still making it no less better than it happening. It's still, there is something to that. Right. And I think that that's something that Marvel really, and it, I don't think it was because of this. They did it for a lot of reasons. And that's why they haven't been like strict adherers to this has to be exactly like the comic books because if it's not, then it's bad and it's wrong, which honestly has worked to their favor almost unanimously across the board. Like I, I can't think of any instances where 
them not following the guidelines to not following the script has been like a detriment. I mean, like some people will say like, and those people are idiots. Um, well, Taskmaster was really interesting before. And like, <laughs> no, he was a dude and his last name was Master. It was boring as shit. Like, <laughs> so yeah, like it's, I, I think it's a good idea. I, I think that them taking liberties with this kind of stuff is a, is a really, really smart move on, on their part for many reasons. <clears throat> Especially this being one of them, because honestly, they reframed the whole Hank Pym, Janet Van Dyne, or not Janet Van Dyne. Um, wait, is that right? No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, Janet Van Dyne. yeah. It, they reframed the whole the whole relationship with them, because there's none of that. He lost her to the quantum realm, and then he found her. They found her. You know, like that that changes the whole narrative of the story, and there's no need to go back and. Guaranteed Marvel's like, yeah, you know, that was a mistake and let's just not do it again because that's not who we want our characters to be. And yeah. like, I can't see anybody fighting that and being like, no, you need to have him smack the shit out of her. Like, unless you're a dick, like, why would you want? There's nothing yeah. to be gained by it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's, this makes, yeah. I think this makes a perfect segue for us to talk about Ant-Man. Like natural segue because we're literally talking about Michael Douglas here. We're talking about Hank. We're talking about <laughs> the main characters of this. So let's wrap this one up. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Ant-Man because honestly, of all of the single shot Marvel movies, I think this one might have been the most fun. I really enjoyed the shit out of this one. Um, I, I, I don't know anybody who's watched it and been like, I didn't like this movie. So we'll jump into Ant-Man next. Uh, again, thank you all so very much for listening, for sharing, for tuning in, um, and being part of this awesome adventure that we do uh, as often as we possibly can. So stay tuned for the next episode. Uh, like we said, it's going to be all about Ant-Man. So for MC Brooks, for James Rambo, my name is Michael Unsford. Remember, together, folks, there are no heights that we can't reach. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs>